All right, welcome back to another Crypto Daily 3 at 3. Um, so today was another hearing day. Uh, we were back to the Senate Banking Committee, uh, site of the scene from uh, David Marcus's hearing uh, two weeks ago about Libra. And today the theme was theoretically about cryptocurrencies and digital assets beyond just Libra. So the conversation was meant to be a, a hearing about regulatory frameworks for crypto assets in general. And so I think there's a couple of things that are important to acknowledge. First, um, it's undeniable that Libra is the meta context that is provoking all of these hearings now, right? Uh, sure, you know, Bitcoin has been sort of on the agenda. Blockchain has been something people are hearing about. But the reason that it's uh, arising as an issue right now that you're seeing hearings, you know, back to back and, and consecutive or, you know, uh, just a couple of weeks apart is that people are nervous about Libra. And so today the real question was, were we going to see um, some actual substantive conversation about regulations uh, and the way that the U.S. regulation regulatory regime should engage with crypto assets? Or were we just going to see another Facebook and Zuckerberg bash fest? Because if you remember a couple weeks ago, it, there was almost no substantive conversation about cryptocurrencies and at all. It was entirely about Facebook. And so what we saw today is that first, there definitely was a move away from just the um, uh, rampant Zuckerberg bashing, right? This wasn't about that, perhaps just because there was no one from Libra there to uh, to take those punches. Um, but second, it was also very clear that the dominant and overarching context for every part of this conversation is um, Libra, but not just Libra, it's the rise of big tech and the feeling among these senators that big tech is moving into the place that uh, big banking might used to be in terms of wanting to just do anything that it wants, get away with it, and not have any pressure from regulators. Um, that was definitely the undertone. And I think you heard it over and over again. Uh, it was kind of from both sides of the aisle, um, but certainly uh, that is the context uh, for which, you know, that, that is that is coming in these conversations. Um, so what does this mean? I mean, I think there's good things and bad things about this. Um, the good thing, I guess, we'll start with is sort of that Bitcoin continues to um, have a almost a secondary focus. People continue to feel like the bigger threat is Libra. And to some extent that allows Bitcoin to continue to grow and evolve. Um, you know, Bitcoin isn't asking for regulation right now. It's companies that are building around Bitcoin or that are building for other cryptocurrencies that want that regulation. So the to the extent that it gets to kind of continue evolving um, and in some ways evolving uh, alongside rather than just simply replacing the existing economic system, the safer it is. Now, the bad side is that with, Lib with Libra as the standard bearer for the entire cryptocurrency industry, um, it severely limits what people are willing to even consider and contemplate uh, as the role of these, um, these new technologies and these new types and forms of money-like things, MLTs, if you will, uh, in, in the existing financial system. So uh, again, the, the takeaway here is that the even though this was theoretically about something other than big tech and Libra, it was about big tech and Libra. And I think that we can expect every hearing about cryptocurrencies to be about big tech and Libra, at, at least on a subtext level. All right, number two, uh, calling BS on banking the unbanked. This is the second big theme that I heard uh, from, from this um, 
from this group. So, uh, okay, so let's take take it back uh, again. Um, one of the big arguments uh, for Libra, or that, that Libra is kind of trying to present as justification for itself, is this idea that it's going to uh, help bank the unbanked, that the existing financial system isn't working uh, for, for the vast majority, or not for the vast majority of people, but for some meaningful number of people, um, that there are far too many people who are excluded by this system. Uh, we started to see a little bit in the in the congressional hearings and in the Senate hearings before what I would call kind of skepticism with this. Um, you had folks who were asking, you know, well, how is Libra going to make a difference? Is it going to require things that are kind of structurally already difficult? Uh, are people going to be able to participate in the system if they don't have, um, you know, smartphones and and so on and so forth? And uh, and there there weren't actually a lot of good answers. In fact, I think one of the things that um, one of the the most interesting responses from the Libra hearings a couple of weeks ago was a real frustration on the part of people who genuinely are aligned with that mission of banking the unbanked and just helping kind of the the um, uh, disenfranchised portion of the economic pie uh, be have better access to services. David Marcus, for all the stuff that he did well and for all of the kind of calm and patience he showed and poise he showed under questioning, he did not have good answers, uh, to be blunt, about banking the unbanked. He didn't have stats on command about what portion of Facebook's user base that represented. He didn't have the ability to, uh, you know, call up and, and, and make clear what they believed the real impact would be. He spoke almost entirely in platitudes um, and people were, were kind of seeing through it. And so today I would say that that was extended greatly. So one of the three panelists, uh, there was a crypto native with the Circle CEO, Jeremy Ayer was there. Uh, and then a couple of, of professors, um, one was Rebecca Nelson and the other was uh, Mirsa Baradaran. And, um, and her big thing, so she was definitely kind of the, the crypto skeptic, I would say, of this panel. Um, but the interesting thing about it was that it seemed to me to be almost uh, less about uh, what potential cryptocurrencies might have and more a frustration that in her mind, there are, well, two things. First, that the issues, uh, the, the the challenges faced in terms of banking the unbanked have less to do with, um, call it new technology, and more to do with policy, right? And so she spoke a lot about things like how payday loans uh, become predatory because of the wait periods when people cash their checks uh, and why people would sometimes prefer to just go and cash their checks with payday loan services uh, because it's worth the 10% to have that money now versus overdraft fees versus what what have you. And so um, her kind of sentiments, which were echoed uh, a couple times by senators, were mostly, it wasn't even so much about crypto as more as this whole conversation we're having is a distraction when there are very clear, easy solutions right here. That Basically, the technology already exists. It's really just the will and the political force um, to actually implement those solutions. Uh, and in that worldview, what all of these kind of hearings around crypto and whether crypto assets are going to solve this um, are just kind of distractions. So the interesting thing about that is that I don't think that's an incompatible view with being bullish and excited about cryptocurrency. I think that's a prioritization, that's a timing. Um, but I do think that uh, it, it has implications for to what extent this idea of banking the unbanked is going to be the kind of the moral suasion that gets people uh, in in positions of regulatory power excited about this industry. Um, I think that I would say that so far, 
Not only has Banking the Unbanked not convinced regulators to give Libra or to give cryptocurrencies a pass, it has done the opposite. It has made them seem flippant. It has made them seem a caricature of themselves. And I think this was best um, kind of expressed today by Senator Brian uh, Schatz from Hawaii, who effectively said that um, it sounded, again, kind of just like technology founders and big tech founders saying they're going to wave a magic technology wand and solve all the problems without the messy work of policy and people being involved. Um, so again, this it almost goes back to theme two, theme one as well in this this kind of larger context of uh, big tech and Libra and and this there's real skepticism here. So um, I think this is an important one to watch because this is a major narrative thrust and and it doesn't seem to be working. Um, and with that, we'll go on to the last the last little bit. So theme three, outstanding issues and inevitability. Um, so there were definitely uh, a set of um, outstanding issues. This was a short hearing comparatively. It was only about an hour and 38 minutes when all, all was said and done, um, which was nothing compared to the you know five, seven hour marathons that we had a couple weeks ago, um, which also, by the way, should show you where this ranks relative to Facebook and Libra and, and those issues. Um, however, there were a few things that I think are worth mentioning. So um, one that was kind of subtle, it was brought up by uh, Mark Warner, was the idea that um, you know, we're talking all about blockchain, but after 10 years, it hadn't really had a breakout use case, even in other regulatory regimes. Um, and so should we even care? Uh, I think that's kind of a relatively easily refutable position, but it's worth noting that it was there. Um, a second was the idea of uh, this AML question, the KYC question, the terrorist financing question. Those have not gone away. Um, they didn't come up or they came up much. They came up in passing uh, today rather than kind of an in-depth analysis. Um, I think both in terms, uh, in part because of the composition of who this expert panel was. Um, that wasn't necessarily their area of expertise, so they didn't dwell on it. But that issue remains um, significant, I think, as it relates to cryptocurrencies and, and how they're going to sit in the U.S. regulatory structure. Um, Libra, I mean, it feels like in some ways, and maybe not even Libra is the best way to put it, but Facebook, there is an unresolved antitrust question as it relates to Facebook, social media, um, and data that don't necessarily have anything to do with crypto, but are now, because of Facebook getting involved, implicated with cryptocurrency. Um, in some ways, it felt to me like one of the subtexts for the previous hearings, the Libra hearings, was that they were trying to race ahead to the new thing when regulators really wanted to deal with the old thing, which was questions around antitrust. Um, I think that we're seeing a little bit of this now, uh, and I don't know how much we're going to get um, movement on kind of a broader crypto regulatory regime while there's still those big outstanding issues of, of Facebook and Libra, which is, uh, to some extent, you could argue that that's one of the bad things about having this this come up in the way that it does. Um, and I guess the last uh, outstanding issue that came up is just this idea of um, regulatory clarity. So one chance that they, they definitely took a lot was that Circle has just moved its operations from the U.S. to Bermuda, citing lack of regulatory clarity. And um, and it was interesting to hear them kind of ask what that meant. And, you know, two out of the three panelists uh, the, who were the two that were being asked most made it clear. And I think in a way that resonated, at least to some extent, that it wasn't so much loose regulations. It was clear regulations. They wanted, you know, businesses want to know how a, a jurisdiction is going to treat a particular type of assets, because that'll, that's the, the bumper rails that allow them to figure out what they're going to do in terms of business model and in terms of everything else. And it's those bumper rails, that, that clarity, that, uh, that U.S. businesses in crypto and crypto assets don't have. Um, so all of these were outstanding issues. But I will say, and just maybe we'll wrap it up here, that there is definitely a sense among these senators 
that uh, a sense of inevitability of crypto assets. I mean, you had um, uh, Mark Crapo, the the chair of this committee, uh, talking about how, uh, you know, kind of echoing what we heard from Patrick McHenry a couple of weeks ago, that it feels like it would be impossible to, uh, to actually ban and preclude these assets. Um, they're coming. Uh, they're coming whether regulators want them to or not. And so, you know, to the extent that we've turned a corner, I think it's in that acknowledgement. Um, and that's a really, that's there's a lot that's good about that. Um, there's a lot that's good about that feeling of inevitability and, and saying we have to work with this to figure out how it's going to do. Now, I will say that to some extent that feeling of inevitability is not, maybe for someone like Patrick McHenry, it's about Bitcoin and, and the network effect that's been created. Um, for a few of these senators, it feels like that made me more more about the idea that big tech is going to do ultimately whatever it wants. And at best, they're going to be playing catch up and uh, and kind of regulatory enforcement on the other side. Um, so anyways, I would say that wrapping up the day, uh, this is still all in the context of big tech and Libra. That's the table stakes for the conversation we're having about crypto and crypto assets, like it or not. But if nothing else, at least these conversations are being had. And, you know, I hope they happen every week. I hope they happen every couple of weeks. I hope they bring in more voices. Um, what did you guys think? Let me know in the comments. Uh, let me know in email um, or on Twitter at NLW. I'm really interested to see if you guys watched it and took different things away. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow for another Crypto Daily 3 at 3. Peace, guys.